0: This is real talk. Being someone that thinks about a startup or thinks about creating a business, it can be one of the most isolating experiences you'll ever have in your life. Because you'll be so obsessed with the creation and the manifestation of your idea that you'll find yourself unable to communicate with anyone who doesn't understand that you need that focus and that drive and that vision, which is why it's important to have communities that you can be able to share these ideas with and to get better at.
1: Every business, whether or not they realize it, is an idea business. The people at Gray have a long history of creating famously effective ideas. And so, with Gray Matter, we explore the ideas shaping our world. We ask creative minds from all corners of life how they came up with their best ideas. And that's what matters for Gray Matter.
2: Hey everyone, I'm John Petrolis, Worldwide Chief Creative Officer at Gray. This week on Grey Matter, Graham Nolan from our reputation management team and Grey Matter producer got a chance to speak with the incredible Mary Pryor. Mary is the co-founder of can an organization created to challenge of the stereotypes of the cannabis industry and its consumers. The core idea, to expand an important national discussion that hasn't existed before. She is a media expert with a background in advertising, working for major brands. Eventually, prompted largely by health reasons, she saw a need not only for the destigmatizing of cannabis itself, but also a need for diversity within the mainstream cannabis industry. With that industry booming like never before, today we'll talk to Mary about her idea on what it means for culture, for consumers, and for advertising. She'll share with us the challenges that come along with breaking the stereotypes of cannabis use, the idea behind CanOcclusive's fight for fair representation, inclusion, and diversity within the growing and increasingly mainstream market and that maybe, just maybe, a little bit of tie-dye is okay. This is Mary Pryor.
0: I think that the concept we represent reflects on three items. One, uh, we came together because we cared about the lack of inclusion in the space, and a lot of the stereotypes that make inclusion rough to understand or really, really accept, that are held by the industry and held by Lots of people, mm-hmm. given the war on drugs, racism, and just like lack of access. Two, we care about representing ourselves as a company that, well, as a collective that really, really cares about trying to find ways to bridge the gap, whether it's through education, through events, whether it's through exposing people to products that are made by black and brown melanated individuals in the space so that they can support. Or if it's just understanding how to get into this industry in a way where capital is going to be a big concern, but also just even knowing the right way to do it is a big concern as well. Yeah, It sounds
1: to me like the uh, idea of Can Inclusive is reflective of a lot of different values and a lot of different concepts. Right. So then the core idea is we must assemble. Right. 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 Um, you could sort of look at in the landscape, and you could sort of go like, okay, well, clearly, like there's pockets of these people here, and I know that I see experts sort of speaking on, you know, you you know about these ideas because you'd heard, you know, you thought of some of them, and you heard of other people talking about them. Where does the uh, the idea for assemble come from, and and how do you, you know, how do you how do you get to that place?
0: I think that the only way that you can make a dent is if you just combine um, goals and consider how effective it is to work within a group dynamic yeah. versus individually I would off I would even say that assemble, The idea of Assemble just kind of meant let's work together to see what we can do given what we all share our values on, right? We are all in an industry or we all are very aware that this industry whether it's our full-time work or part-time work has a lot of issues with disparity, lack of access once again, um, racism and stereotypes allowing things to kind of like maintain status quo where you have mostly white men that run the space, mostly white men that are able to operate and have capital. So with that being said, we've know that there's several identity items that we have to think about. Yeah. That AIM offer some type of solution, right? Uh, one, changing how people feel and understand overall about cannabis and what the opportunities are. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, being able to let people know that although there is disparity and that equity needs to happen, we all can benefit from that happening. We all need to be vocal about it and we care about that. And then three, you being equitable as a brand or as a company is good for you, right? And I can talk about that from being in advertising, being in the agency life and having to even guide CPG brands or, food and beverage brands or even fashion brands into understanding that if you create and drive on inclusivity, mm-hmm. you drive up your profit margins of people actually wanting to buy you and support you and feel as if you are creating a system where you're listening to an audience that is part of your brand narrative.
1: You come from the advertising business, right. um, first and foremost, right, before you sort of got into this world. right? Um, the idea that now the advertising world is finally in the place where it's not uh, strange to to have the discussion about like we know diversity works for business. Right, we know that everyone wins when everyone is included. That's not like a a, a voice in the back of the room anymore. Like, uh, but maybe you know, like. Well, that's, it's a it's, it's not, not a voice in not, the back of the room, yeah, but yeah.
0: is it being executed? It's not upon? being executed. Whew, not no, at all. No, right,
1: no. but. But it must it must be good uh, in some way, to be able to like to to borrow from the language of that, right? Like, look, here's a business that I come from where we know this is the case now, even though we're not doing it right. Let's do it right, right. in right. the early stages of this business,
0: right, right. And that's pretty much what I speak to often to brands and businesses is that, you know, there's a way for you to do this the right way, given the fact that one, as this expands you're going to interface and touch different audiences and two these audiences are crucial to you being able to survive and drive your margins where they are right now because you're in restricted states and you have restricted ways where you can have your product sold and not be sold and you have to even change the fact that you might have a THC blend that you can sell on the west coast versus the fact that you need to be straight CBD within New York State right so Understanding that you need to create product biodiversity and be equitable and be inclusive should be top of mind, given that consumption is pretty much an all audiences type of experience. Um, and for brands that give the experience of it just being where it's all soccer moms or where it's all just like bro with like bikini models, that's over. That doesn't work anymore in advertising. It's definitely not gonna get you what you want in cannabis. So for brands that still do that, for personalities that still do that in cannabis, given the shift in the tide mainstream-wise, you're creating blocks and you're creating a barrier to where you're alienating audiences and aren't gonna wanna engage with you. And you're gonna be challenged on that and you need to be able to answer to that as well.
1: So the general idea to assemble is the core idea. Right, it's an idea that could have come to get. It could have happened forty years ago. True, it could have happened thirty years ago, ten years ago. Um, it happened for you in terms of cannabis. We need to start talking about these. I we need to assemble now. Where were you in your life where you were like, this? The time for this idea is now. Like, do you have a specific well, moment where you're like, it's it's time, and and that's when it was birthed?
0: Well, there are other groups and entities that have assembled around this idea of cannabis equity way before us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Women Grow, there's Minority Cannabis Business Association, there's the National Cannabis Industry Association, there's Cannabis Cultural Association. There there, there are entities that have yeah. assembled around different markers of the industry before us. But for us, we are looking at this through the lens of we understand mainstream viability okay. and what's missing in terms of people understanding how to connect the dots and expose you know more messages of what's happening in this industry so we're we're doing our best to make that So the happen.
1: idea is both Okay so if there's already these groups the idea is one assemble but two assemble to permeate the mainstream because those yes. groups those groups were content staying niche
0: Well though they weren't content they weren't content staying niche it's just a matter of people talking about them so yeah. now we have all these entities that are finally being recognized because the industry is finally being lifted out of the shadows of just being a thing that's only buzzy but isn't really taking legs. Like now this is a federal conversation. So now you have organizations like Minorities for Medical Marijuana that can put together workshops in Missouri on how to find social equity, how to build a social equity application, how to create your own business. You can find different states having conversations about this with different organizations because they have no idea what they're talking about because it's all new. Right. These entities have been operating at a level where no one's paid attention to them because it wasn't a federal conversation or a nationwide so conversation. The, so the
1: idea is to really, like, unify the nationwide conversation yes. for the first time. 100%. At this time. Okay. 100%. That's really that's really interesting because it's like, yeah, certainly there were always advocacy groups. The, the media voice of this was always there, even though they were underground. Right. You look at, like, I remember being in college and it's like, oh, that's the section where they sell high times. And now it's just like, oh, of course, like. You know, we're going to see marijuana headlines on the covers of, you know, cannabis headlines on the covers of like mainstream magazines. Right. So what you saw missing in the world was like, no one's talking about this at the scale that they need to. No one's
0: talking about this in the scale that they need to. And also we started our stock photo project, which is on Flickr, because every image that you had of anyone who was consuming cannabis that was black or brown looked like the most like stereotyped, just like crazy. While not even realistic visuals that were just circulating on the web or circulating through social media. Do you? How do you feel about tie dye? Are you yay or nay? I like tie dye, but <laughs> tie dye in a way where like you're it, it's, it's just like you you, you would for, you would think that only Bob Marley ever smoked a joint the way right. that images are shown of showing black and brown people consuming. And now that there is a culture of driving inclusion. You know, we went from being a stock company that just cared about creating something for communities to use for free to now really, really trying to drive people to look at all these other stock companies that are creating content and to also support companies that get that inclusivity isn't just a marketing brand, but you have to have it embedded in the work that you're creating and doing for others.
1: Absolutely. It has to be part of the process. It has to be part of the action inherently. When you started this, so when, when you started Canclusive. you um, when was it and what did it look like to bring everyone together for the first time around it?
0: We started it, there's two others that started this as well, um, Tanya and Charlie's. We started it because, well, here's a true story. I moved to LA for health reasons. I need to be around the plant and also have a different work-life balance. Uh, and given my condition with Crohn's, which I don't hide from people, right. uh, I needed that, right? If you know anyone with the Crohn's, like stress and stressful environments, like horrible.
1: It can dominate your life if you yeah, don't and take it'll, the right steps. it
0: dominate your life and it'll make you sicker. Yeah. So having access to the plant was great for my needs, but I would go to events. We would go to events. There would be like seven black or brown people at an event that had like hundreds of people and it would be just us people would ask us how we found out about it and how did we get there? Why were we there? We would be literally two out of three other black or brown folks in a room of like even more people. And we would be like, wow, like one, no one knows about this event. And two, I was at an event actually most recently last month where there were three black women and maybe like 50 or 60 white women. Like it's still it's still like that. Right. And that is the most annoying alienating feeling ever. Be knowing that I am a black woman and my community has been pretty much affected by this due to the war on drugs, due to the drug era, yeah. due to all of these items and then I go to an event which hasn't industry feel which was built off of the back of my culture and i'm one of three black women out of like 50 to 60 white women in a store feels super weird right and so it happens all the time And we got and we were over it
1: so it comes from the idea of um this is a shared experience it's it's a truly collaborative idea that you came up with in terms of right we all connect like the three of us connect on the idea that um, when we go to these things, we are underrepresented and this conversation immediately needs to go national instead of having one more niche organization exactly. that sort of speaks to this.
0: Exactly. Or just letting or letting people know that this niche organization needs support Yes, on top of us driving support for not only ourselves, but caring about the fact that this message needs to be taken way more seriously. And there's a choice, right? You can support brands that are... That care about equity and inclusion. You can care and only buy from brands that care about equity and inclusion. You can make those decisions now and show the benefit of where your dollar really needs to go. Every business needs to make money. And this is an early enough transition point in the space where you can make it very well known throughout every different channel possible that you want this to be part of something that you'll buy and invest your money into. Mm -hmm. I think that We need to use social media for what it is, right? It's a way to look at how audiences respond. And I just feel as if cannabis brands are so interested in the money, they miss the fact that your consumer that you are targeting, which shows up to be 45 and older for overall use, there's still a young youth consumer that is buying this, whether it's from a legacy market or not, that you are targeting through what you're sharing and creating. Why would you alienate yourself and look even more isolated and out of touch by just showing like an all-white existence of your brand and your experiences. What is the
1: shape of Can Inclusive right now? So what shape has this idea taken?
0: We have the stock photo series, which is the shape of a visual that's tangible. We do events which are tangible and trying to create community and education uh-huh. where we can, where applicable. Uh, are you we- consulting? We do consult with brands on equity projects okay. and or helping them identify equity partners. Uh, and that's that, right? So, and from a marketing standpoint, we do that consult work as well. Okay. But we do that to be able to sustain the work that we're doing from a community level because we're not a nonprofit. So we're not necessarily somewhere where we're taking donations. And also I've gone the whole like, startup pitching route, and that's annoying. After my 20th, (laughs) oh, I don't really understand what you're building, I don't think I really get it. I was just like, yeah, I don't want to go around pitching for money anymore.
1: Like what inspired, like truly like what inspires this? Like I'm I'm gonna step forward and be the voice for this, which is always hard by the way. There's always like a little bit of like, who am I to start this movement, right? Where do you? What inspires you in general, and what inspired this?
0: I believe that I am one of many voices. Okay. Um. I do not think that I am more important than anyone else who's been doing this work and being this voice outside of anyone else.
1: But if I consider you the chosen one,
0: what made that's... me make that? I, I. Well, first of all, <laughs> I. am I'm, I'm. I'm very, very. I don't think that I've done anything that makes me. Super special in this outside of the fact that, one, I need cannabis for my health. Mm -hmm. So I feel that I'm advocating for this from a business level and from an advocacy and justice level because my community is most affected. And my community doesn't even really know fully based upon access to education and access to really knowing more than just like this gets me high What's happening? I think most of people, whether they're black, white, or candy stripe, have no idea how cannabis works, yeah. whether it's CBD or THC. I've sat through conversations where people tell me CBD can cure cancer. No, it can't, bro. I've sat through conversations where someone said THC can get rid of things. I'm like, it's not a panacea. There are studies that show and that have shown different results in terms of how it targets different parts of the body that yeah. are favorable. That's key. But we either believe in something or we don't as a culture.
1: It's sort of funny cuz it is it is just like any other brand. You won't necessarily remember what it did, but it will remember how it made you feel. 100%. Right? That's Right. And thing.
0: I feel great, you know? Yeah. So I know from my personal health experience and the experience I've had with others that this is done something to my system and to my body from an endocannabinoid level that's been helpful for me to cope with my symptoms with Crohn's this feels inspired by necessity yeah i'm inspired by necessity so i can um be alive yeah that'd be nice i like i like being alive it's kind of cool so far there are days where i'm like man being alive sucks when i can't have ice cream but i get over it pretty quickly
1: in the formation of this idea and making it real what is the best advice that you've uh gotten along the way
0: the best advice is that if you are interested in this space no matter what the room looks like be in the room go to the events go to the conversations no matter what the room looks like be present take it all in network and I would say study read books understand the plant understand cannabis understand what you're talking about don't just listen to a speech and reverberate what you're hearing like actually study
1: Well, who's sort of, who's imparting this kind of stuff for you?
0: I just, I, I'm, I'm a student of research. I love reading and researching. So as soon as I realized that this was something that was helping me from a health level, I read up on it. I became engrossed in learning about it versus my experience of just consuming it because it was cool in high school and college and being in advertising. I, I realized that there were some dots clearly that were helping me in this that I needed to fill in. So that's why, that's what made me realize that having to be in the room, no matter what it looked like, mattered. And then it just allowed for the idea to connect the dots more, no matter what shape it was going to be. I just knew that something needed to exist well, and I'm glad that I was able to align with people at that time that felt the same way.
1: That's crazy. Cause in lieu of talking about like the idea being inseparable from the action right and a simple action so if you know that fear needs to be beaten you conquer you face something you fear or you know that you need to make a certain product you make that product and in your case like it's what we what i really need is to be there so i'm the the most simple action which can take a number of forms is to be there
0: right i mean like even being there is a lot because like being there can be expensive being there can be yes a problem being there can be cost prohibitive but finding ways to be there as a volunteer, finding ways to be there as caring about, you know, sharing or connecting people's stories and dots is very important as well. I think that being there is the number one way to just like how any startup would start, right? Like you would want to figure out how to make your idea, your dream come true, you get in the room and you make that happen. Um, and I think that the biggest advice that I try to give people as well is being a, st- This is real talk. Being someone that thinks about a startup or thinks about creating a business, it can be one of the most isolating experiences you'll ever have in your life because you'll be so obsessed with the creation and the manifestation of your idea that you'll find yourself unable to communicate with anyone who doesn't understand that you need that focus and that drive and that vision, which is why it's important to have communities that you can be able to share these ideas with and to get better at. But being a startup founder... Killing what you eat, as one of my investors says so proudly, being someone that chases after it and grabs it and cooks it and throws it out is real. It's a study of self-work that you'll never, ever get as long as you find yourself working for someone else.
1: Can-occlusive as an idea, as a concept, how will it be different in five years?
0: In five years, I don't even know where the industry will be anymore, right? Oh, I have no idea where cannabis will be. I, I'm Cannabis will be a larger monolith than what it is now. Being a part of other entities that do this work and supporting other entities that do this work is important. Mm-hmm. And my goal or ideal reality is that the work that everyone is doing allows for the industry to be finally understanding the power of equitable, Work okay. And what it means to create that and have that open for others to be part of this overall industry. That's where I will feel as if being a part or creating Can Occlusive and having this collective is powerful and it's done something. Yeah. Will that happen in five years? Will that happen in three years? Will that happen next year? I do not know. Mm-hmm. Do I want to be doing this five years from now? I'll be honest with you, I don't think so.
1: Okay. Why I don't think that? so.
0: I think that the industry will dictate what we shape into or what we deviate from or change or add. So there's a or there's take a life
1: away. cycle for the idea of can occlusive. There's it, a life cycle meant, for the idea. It doesn't idea. have to endure forever to be a valid idea.
0: No, not at all. Even the name doesn't need to endure forever to be a valid idea. But I do think that I would hate to know that all this work that anyone is doing, not just us, yeah. would amount to not being able to make change that is going to drive some type of shift in the industry where it does reflect the actual people who have been leading a lot of what we call change and desirability and making it cool and making it cultural. And a lot of that does come from the legacy market. A lot of that comes does come from indigenous culture. A lot of that does come from the fact that you know, this plant, from the marketing of it to the selling of it to the design of it, is something that has been part of a whole prohibited arena that came to target people that are melanated, right? So I care about the plant as medicine. I care about access for all, mm-hmm. but I really, really want to see people that know this space, be able to be in this space. And I want that to be something that doesn't have to be a struggle for people that look like me.
2: Thanks, Graham. That was great. What did you find most surprising about the cannabis industry through this talk? I think one of the most surprising things
1: about this was that this conversation was not already happening in any sort of concerted fashion. And that's why Mary had to step up with her friends in Can-Inclusive, because you hear about this all the time, the products are pervasive, you know, it's, it is a national discussion already, but no one's talking about diversity within that. And diversity is already a national discussion as well, but there's no overlap. So the fact that, like, someone has to step up and go, wow, these two things need to be combined uh, on a national platform was really surprising to me.
2: A lot of times when you're talking about definitions of creativity. One definition is finding connections between things that weren't connected before. Yeah. And this feels like an example of that.
1: And she saw it in a, like a very physical way first where she's just like I'm in this room and clearly this, you know, I can see with my own two eyes that these two things are not connected. So yeah, she's she's representative of that kind of creativity for sure.
2: All right, now where can we go to learn
1: more about canoclusive? We can go to canoclusive.com which is c a n n a c l u s i v e.com and I
2: did that without the paper. All right, very well done. Yeah, thank you. All right, thanks, Graham. And thanks, everyone, for listening to Gray Matter. For more from founders, creators, and inventors and how they thought up their ideas, be sure to subscribe to Gray Matter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate and review and tell your friends. Follow Gray's social pages for more information about Gray and new upcoming podcast episodes. And thanks all for listening to Gray Matter. And a special thanks to Graham, who's leaving us for new adventures and experiences in Texas. I want to say thanks for getting Gray Matter off the ground, Graham, and for continuing to make it better and better.
1: It was an honor to be part of the
2: show, so thank you.
1: Gray Matter is hosted by John Petrulis, produced by Graham Nolan, Christina Torres, and Joey Scarillo. Mixed at Townhouse Studios, Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more
0: at gray.com.